Hey, welcome. Um, you're listening to Great Minds Don't Think Alike on Sin Nation. You are with Julia, Christian, Amaret, and Daniel. And today we're going to have a fairly heavy, um, a fairly heavy show. Um, Certainly our heaviest show yet. Yes, Death it's probably we, yeah. We're, we're getting all dark and brooding right now. <clears throat> That's probably the, the last of the jokes. We're having a really, really serious um, show, and we we don't take it personally if you decide to not listen in this week. Um, we'll be talking about some really controversial issues, including um, the recent ALS Ice Bucket Challenge um, controversy. Autistic, pa- I mean, parents of autistic people who have unfortunately killed their children and um, or eugenics. Or tried to do so. Or tried to do so. And um, yeah, these, this is very, very um, dark and difficult issues and um yeah we we will also be speaking to bet kelly on, on a lighter note um who is a uh, another radio person she's from bendigo and she's got a show called real pill talk autism um but yeah definitely definitely the show is is pretty dark and if you at any time um feel like this uh, these issues affect you um we please call lifeline on 13 11 14 or call kids helpline 1-800-55-1-800 um you can follow us on twitter at gmdta sin um and we also podcast all of our shows and the special features like, such as the full interviews um on our on our webpage on the sin website um www.sin.org.au slash slash gmdta um, and we also have a, a Facebook page, which is um, www.facebook.com forward slash Great Minds on Scene. Um, so we're going to start off with our first topic. Um, this has a content warning for um, bullying and for violence. Yeah. A 14-year-old autistic boy was tricked into thinking he was taking part ALS bucket challenge. Instead, his classmates threw a bucket of human waste over his head from a rooftop. And soon after, the parents of the victim shared the video online. This video became viral, and after seeing this, some celebrities have come out saying that they will donate money to Autism Speaks. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is really um, a, a distressing hmm. topic. Um, I think, yeah, of course what actually happened to this boy is horrible and, um, you know, put him at threat of getting, I don't know, diseases or... Because, you know, it's very unhygienic. Um, also absolutely um, embarrassing. But I think it only got worse, um, personally. Um, I, I, I don't want to be too upsetting towards the parents because I think that they were going through a hard time and perhaps... They didn't think this through, but sharing a video of your child essentially being abused is probably not the best way just, to deal with it. It just it adds to the humiliation in a way. Exactly, and um, I, I'm I'm curious whether or not these parents would have um, done the same if the, a non-autistic child was abused like that. Hmm. If they would respect their privacy or not. I mean, but then again. Just reporting it in general, you could say, would add to the humiliation rather than but well, showing the video. I mean, yeah. I think I think showing the video is another whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, of course, you can talk about this, and uh, I mean, at least the the victim's um, name has been withheld. Um, I don't know mm. his last name. I don't know his first name, um, and I don't want you to know. Um, but I I do think you know, um, like, this is another topic. But with the with the leaked 
nude photos, people have been saying, if you're looking at the nude photos, you're just as bad as a hacker. You are also, you are abusing these celebrities who have been hacked. I think it's the same sort of thing. Like, mm. on my end, I think that watching that video of this person being utterly humiliated, like, if I were to do that and I wasn't, like, a police, someone who was actually trying to prosecute against the people who are doing it, I would see myself as something something of an abuser. Mm. I, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I would feel like I was taking part in, in, in the bullying my, myself, like, the humiliation mm. of him, the... Um, I, I would also probably feel guilty as though I was indulging some sense of uh, morbid curiosity. Um, so yeah, yeah, more morbid curiosity. That's that's a topic for another time. But it it's really it's horrifying that a uh, it's horrifying that that, that people would, would think to do this. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's something that is so premeditated, and um, I like mm. uh, of course. Like bullying is bad, but like mm-hmm. again, if this is well, this is really gross. And this is well, it's bullying, just really bad bullying. Um, another issue that has happened is since the video went viral, some celebrities have spoken out saying that they'll give money to Autism Speaks. Now, ha- there have also been some of these pe- these celebrities mm-hmm. who have said, actually, no, I'm going to give this money to another organisation that does better things for people on the spectrum. But for those who don't know, Autism Speaks is, is kind of weird. It's A lot of people on the, on the spectrum actually really don't like it. It's, it's, a, it's a US organisation um, that claims to speak for autistic people. However, there is no one in Autism Speaks who are actually autistic. There was um, John, Elder, Elder, John Elder Robertson, who used to be um, a member of the board, but he left last year and he was um, very vocal about his opposition towards Autism Speaks and basically saying that the rhetoric that they um, have and the kind of views of disability that they have is detrimental. And um, also, like, I just... This idea of kind of an organisation that is problematic and an organisation that a lot of people are speaking out against, basically profiting um, after someone being humiliated. Um, Mm, Even even if it was a good organisation, even if it was an organisation that, you know, was run by autistic people and Mm. did great work, I mean, still in the same time. They're profiting off someone else's misery. Exactly. What are your thoughts, Amaret? Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, you know, if you really wanted to do something um, positive coming out of such a horrible thing, you should speak up against that sort of abuse you should say that yes that is obviously wrong and um that there needs to be further education into um autism the autism spectrum and the acceptance of people who are autistic and people who are different in general um and it comes uh from a, a deep place of misunderstanding and just these messed up ideas that this is somehow okay and funny um, which of course it's not and if you want to come out and do something positive then you need to agree with that and and hopefully say that there needs to be some more positive um, enforcement about how we can create a more diverse and uh, respectful uh, observance around people absolutely mm. because you know, autism really isn't isn't the issue here I don't think I think the issue is ignorance the a lack of education a lack of acceptance mm. and <coughs> a need for understanding and a need for um, f- for realizing just um, that you know that, that these if, 
people on the spectrum have human rights that they share with the entirety of the human race. Mm. Um, so I think you know, we're actually working with uh, the, the children who've done something like this is, is important because, you know, clearly you know, they, they, they have behaviours that need to be changed and they need to be worked on and they, you know, they need to understand why what they have done is, mm. is wrong. And not only, not only did, did these people humiliate someone else, mm. they also, they're also abusing what was a very good idea for a fundraiser. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I was nominated for an Ice Bucket Challenge and I haven't done it yet and I'm, I'm still kind of thinking maybe no. Mm. Um, which is kind of horrible. I mean, I don't, uh, or if I was to do it, I was probably, I'd probably talk about this issue. But mm. it, <laughs> it's put it, me off it, to be honest. Yeah, it's put me off it, and um, which is annoying because ALS is a, is a really mm. important issue, and yeah. and they're promoting a serious condition. Exactly. Um, mm. Yeah. So we're going to go to a song now. Um, if you've if you've been feeling triggered by anything that we've been speaking about, um, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or alternatively, um, you can call Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800. Um, and before we were, um, we were talking about the, um, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge controversy, the, the, um, the incident where um, a 14 year old thought, thought he was taking part in the Ice Bucket Challenge, but um, he was really had his, his classmates um, dump a bucket of feces and urine on him. It was a horrible incident of bullying that we were just discussing there. Um, we're going to have another quite deep um, mm. and controversial topic next. Um, again, mm. um, content warning for um, murder and content mm. warning, trigger warning for um, victim blaming. So if you if you are affected or if this is something that easily triggers you, please feel free to um, tune out now. Um, we're not going to take it personally. This is a really hard show to do. Um, yeah, so parents who have killed or tried to kill um, their autistic children. There have been, um, I think we're going to mainly focus on two cases that have been quite recent. Um, the first case um, is um, of Alex Spirodakis, um, who had a, a very severe form of autism. We're not going to deny that. And he was killed by his, his mum. Um, and, yeah, it, he, was, he actually died. Um, and this is, this is a really complex um, issue because um, as well as this, prior to... Um, prior to him being murdered he had quite a lot of I guess you could say quack therapies done on him um, I'm not going to go into detail about his murder or about this therapies that he went under um, but yeah essentially it, it, got, it got pretty full on um, he had some actual medical issues as well and um also the parents got a lot of um his parents got a lot his mum got a lot of um issue um a lot of support from Andrew Wakefield who you might have heard about who um basically had the paper that said that vaccines cause autism and that was a little bit of an ish an iffy thing 
Um, yeah, so so that that was a thing that actually happened, and um, and it was kind of a lot of the the reasoning that the mum tried to had for killing his her her child was um, he he won't suffer under the system, he won't be treated as um, this is a really bad word, but I quote retarded or um, less than human because he's disabled. So a lot of this kind of like being disabled, well, you're better off being dead than disabled kind of stuff, um, which is really horrible. Um, another, So that, that happened last year. Um, and also la, and the other, um, the other um, topic we're going to talk about is an attempted murder. Um, it was a murder-suicide. So um, the, the Alex Spiridakis one, Spiridakis, uh, can't say his name. Um, his mum also tried to kill herself, but I don't think that went through. So they're both kind of murder suicides. Um, so um, the Izzy Stapleton story was happened in the US. Um, the mum tried to kill Izzy and herself. Um, this didn't happen. Um, Kelly Stapleton, who's the mother, she's now in jail, but she has made media appearances on Dr. Phil and a lot of people, a lot of parents, they're not supportive of her, but they have a lot of sympathy for her and probably more sympathy, arguably more sympathy for the parent than the child, which is a little bit awkward and um, distressing, I think. Um, Izzy is fine now. Um, she was in a, in a coma previously, but she made what people call a miraculous... Um, yeah, a miraculous recovery. So I think I think the main issues are um, the the idea that a disabled life is less important than a non-disabled life, and also um, this victim blaming, and um, also media attention, like a convicted criminal speaking to um, to Dr. Phil and Dr. Phil being sympathetic towards her. Yeah, so what, what do you think of this? <laughs> murder is murder. Mm. It doesn't matter who it is. Taking uh, a human life is wrong. It is it is sickening. Well, the, yeah, the, the point has been raised. Where else would you see a case where you, you, you have a, you know, a parent killing their child and the, the sympathy goes towards the parent? Where, where else other than you know, the fact that the, the child has autism? It's just... It's, it's mm. disturbing that... That, that that's how that, that's the kind of reaction that this this news is receiving, um, and why certainly shouldn't be an exception. You know, I, no. I agree with you. Murder is murder. Um, yeah, there is just no excuse. No, for exactly. There is no excuse for killing <laughs> under any circumstance. Amaret? Yeah, agreed. Um, the, this is a horrifying thing that seems to be occurring um, regularly, and it's uh, by regularly I don't mean every week obviously, um, once a year or so, which is, you know, a year or so too many. Um, the fact that I, I, I understand that obviously it is stressful to raise a child with um, severe autism. Uh, we don't deny that. But the fact is that that does not give you a reason to kill someone. Um, as, you know, these are innocent people that are being blamed and are associated that it's their fault that they've been killed. Um, and that is not 
the case. Uh, if you feel like you can't cope, if you feel that you're under too much stress, you're not getting the support you need, there are places you can go and there are people you can speak to. And uh, the fact that, you know, especially in the case where uh, the gentleman had been go- undergoing uh, some seriously abusive therapies... Uh, I understand that parents want to try and find ways to help their children, but when it becomes abuse and then you just decide to murder them um, because you feel like they can't live their life, you've still robbed them of um, something. And necessarily, like, you know, they may not understand what is even happening to them and all that they feel is pain. And there's this same... It seems to me that we dehumanise people uh, on the spectrum and people with disabilities and we say they don't have emotions and they don't feel things. Um, You know, uh, they could have really um, died very horrible deaths and that's just wrong. And the fact that this person gets sympathy for doing that is... uh, insensitive to that person who is now deceased. Sympathy and media attention as well and um, you know I remember writing a a admittedly not amazing uh, little article a while ago and I I remember the amount of flack I got for it from these autism moms who were like no you should be sympathetic to the mum well you know yes I mean this was about the Izzy Stapleton case and yes um, Izzy had violent outbursts that was part of her severe form of autism and yeah I I have every amount of sympathy for it a suicidal mother of someone who was on the spectrum but my sympathy um, evaporates the second she tries to kill someone else because of it and um, you know it also it also feels like I remember reading something about this, and this is a while ago about the idea of suicide murders being patriarchal is when it's done with like so the, the boyfriend kills the girlfriend as well as himself. This kind of idea of the parent owns the the other person that they're killing, and mm-hmm. it's quite disturbing. Mm. And um, like yeah, it, it is um. Like I, I, I think that yes, that there needs to be more support services for parents. But I don't think we need to have this conversation about support services when a parent has done something inhumane, um, in in such an inhumane way, and um, it's it's really distressing. And also another note, a thing I've noticed is yeah, a lot of the people on the spec. Uh, a lot of the people who have been the victims have been people who have very severe forms of autism and also possibly an intellectual disability. So they have less understanding and they're also more vulnerable than, mm. say, someone who is on the higher functioning side of the spectrum. And um, I think a lot of the time people are saying, oh, but, you know, the child had severe autism as a kind of, like, Band-Aid cover for it. And... Like no, that that's even worse because they they had no way of knowing what was going to happen to them. They had no way of fighting back, and um, yeah, it's 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 horrible. Life is a right to life is not something that can be given and taken away. It's not. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, 
so I think we're going to... Is there anything else we'll, anyone wants to say? I think we've pretty much hit it on the head. Yeah, we've hit it on the head. Um, if you are feeling triggered or um, really need to speak to someone about these issues, because definitely call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or call Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800. And we're having a fairly um, heavy topics of discussion this week. So um, definite... Um, content warning for this next segment and content warnings came for all the other segments prior um we we will content warning for eugenics if this is something that you know triggers you or um makes you feel uncomfortable feel please feel free um to to tune out for a while it's it's yeah we 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 don't take it personally or anything um yeah so earlier this week um Scientists basically have been trying to find um, genetic causes for autism, and they think they found around ten genes. Um, that was in the age this one day, um, and yeah, but they're kind of thinking this is a way we can screen for autism, and, and this this opens up a, a huge can of worms about um, whether genetic testing for autism is a good thing or a bad thing or an okay thing, or when is it okay and when is it good. I mean, personally, I, I think um, I think genetic testing is good in the sense that people can get diagnosed much easier. Easier. Um, there's a huge problem with underdiagnosis of people, especially women on the spectrum. And if having a, a straightforward way of diagnosing someone with autism means that people can get the right education, can get the right um, support throughout their life cycle, that that sounds like a good thing for me. However. This also comes to the ideas of eugenics, and I mean, I'm a I'm a pro I'm a pro-choice person. I think women have the right to abort if they don't feel like they are ready for having a child or any of that. And I don't want to um, I don't want to limit that right um, at all. And I think a lot of us here, you know, I think by and large, rural pro-choice people here. Um, yeah, I don't want it to. But I think the idea of like purely aborting someone because they have a different neurotype might be a little bit weird. But I still, yeah. Um, yeah, on this, uh, I struggled this week as well when we decided that we were going to bring up these specific topics. Um, to find that medium between um, my, my pro-choice um, belief, my, my beliefs and then talking about uh, eugenics and... Uh, test tube babies and things like that, which throw yeah. in um, a, a big controversies. Definitely, within m- l- many um, different communities. Um, for me, I th- I do think that a woman has the right to abort uh, a pregnancy for whichever reason. Should that be that they have uh, their their the fetus is at a high uh, chance of having, for instance, Down syndrome. That's a very common prenatally tested condition. Um, or if they just choose that they do not wish to carry to term. Um, yeah, I think I agree. that if it's very hard um, genetic testing for autism because we're looking for genetic markers. Uh, Down syndrome is when uh, a, the, a chromosome, a whole chromosome is affected. So it is a lot easier to pinpoint that and find that discrepancy uh, rather than to find specific genes that every single person with autism would need to have 
that therefore um, is it the signal that this person has a high chance of being on the spectrum. So herein lies a difficulty even creating this process of uh, prenatal testing. So we're very far off. Just because we've found 10 never means that they're going to um, be able to uh, genetically uh, cast this whole wide net and be able to find every single genetic marker. Um, I think that should prenatal testing for um, autism spectrum uh, come to light and that they can then do that and it's gone through the rigorous processes that all medical procedures have to go to uh, through, um, that it should be available uh, for whoever wishes it. I don't think that there should ever be a time where testing for any genetic condition is mandatory and women are forced into that. Um, and I don't think that um, after set, such testing that they would be forced into um, aborting pregnancies that are high risk for disability. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that if these the uh, prenatal testing is uh, found that that, that that can occur, um, that a woman a woman should be able to have that choice to have that done. And that doesn't necessarily mean that someone is going to say no either. Um, uh, even I've seen documentaries of people who have had prenatal testing for Down syndrome and have had extremely... Um, high percentages in above the 90% likely uh, range um, and have carried a term and they do not seem to mind if their child has Down syndrome or not. Um, we have seen obviously a significant drop in people with Down syndrome and I understand that that's very concerning if there's prenatal testing for people with autism uh, that this could also be the case. Um, I think that there's obviously societal barriers that mean that people with autism um, and people with disability in general uh, find it uh, difficult to access the community and society and all things that it should be able to offer them. So I think we need to look at the broader area of this, um, not just about eugenics, but how our society accepts people with autism and the way that um, society throws up these barriers that make it impossible for anyone with a disability to be able to fully access the community. I think um, really what my main issue is is that there is so much money and resources being spent into um, genetics, um, looking for this genetic um, causes, rather than actually research that is focused on ensuring that people who are on the spectrum can you know, make the best of their lives. And that that's what really concerns me. I think what concerns me is that the medical model is kind of more focusing on, the, like, the medical um, group groups are more focused on um, trying to find ways that we can normalise people rather than trying to find ways that people can be who they are but still, yeah, have that access to community. I think a lot of the reasons why people might be fearful of having an autistic child is not purely because the child is autistic but because they're concerned that society um, won't accept them or they won't be able to, to have a real life or they won't be able to do the, the things that people are supposed to do. I mean, of course, I agree with Amaret. I think people have the right to choose. But I think 
a lot of the reasons why people might be swayed to the choice of trying to make sure that their kid doesn't have autism is because of societal issues that can be fixed if society changes. That's what I think. Thing is, though, change in society doesn't it happens very slowly. So Aren't we a part of it? <laughs> yeah, we're we're a part of it, but but we're only a very small part of it. So well, it happens yeah. very slowly. But, yeah, very but it does, slowly. But it but happens. It does That's happen. That that is good. I mean, I mm. guess I guess the issue is that the medical. What I think I think I think the issue is is medical direction. You know, I don't know how much. They might, they may never find the genetic cause for autism. They might just continue to chase their tails mm. for years mm. and years and years and years. But how much money is that? How much resources is that? I agree. The, the, it the might, it, that money and that resources could be used to do so much more than what they're trying to do. The priorities are definitely out of line. I, I, I think I, I, I do believe we should be more focused on. You know, rather than people who could potentially be born with autism, the people who are alive now who alive, actually yep. have autism, um, and yeah, research should be going into in, into assisting them. But but yeah. of course, if if this becomes, you know, if 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 the uh, prenatal screening does become available, um, I I definitely think um, a mother should have the choice. <coughs> To, to make a call on that, but an informed choice, certainly. An informed mm. choice, and a, and a choice that isn't purely based on societal problems. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. a bit like saying, oh, like, say if they found a queer gene, so the gene mm. that's, that is purely for, you know, they've, they've, discovered, they've discovered a genetic link to being queer, so mm. gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. Um, and, you know, what? imagine you know, they could do prenatal testing for that, for the queer gene. Mm. And um, this is, oh, of course, hypothetical. Um, and, um, you know, what, what are the reasons why parents would say no, say no to having a, a, a queer kid? Oh, you know, they're going to get bullied in school. Mm. I mean, or, oh, they'll get more STIs. Well, that could be fixed if there was more sex ed. Or mm. bu- bullying in school can be fixed if there was better societal change. I mean... Well, we, we, we can't just simply give up. We can't just simply say this is the way things are and this is the way they always are going to be and these problems will never go away. I mean, they're, not going, they're certainly not going to go to, away tomorrow. But mm. Rome know, wasn't it, built in a day. Yeah, ex- exactly. But, you know, if, if no one tries, if everyone just adopts this sort of defeatist, survivalist attitude where, you know, these are the way things are and we just have to deal with it and accept it, then, well, you know, think how different society would be today if, if we just accepted a lot of the racism and prejudice that you know, used to be much more rampant than it currently is. No, I'm pretty much re- agreeing with what mm. Christian was saying. I, oh, yeah. I agree with everything that, that's been said here. I mean, mm. yeah, I think, I think in, in short, like, because we're, we're going to go to an interview um, now. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a really contentious issue. And um, I, think, I think a lot of us being pro-choice, it's kind of like... Where where does choice end? Where does you know? It's it's a difficult issue, but I I certainly think that money uh, for resource and resources should be spent on actually trying to help people who are alive and try to focus on ways to better educate people and not focus on the on future future people that may or may not ever actually exist. We will um, play an interview with Beck Kelly. I'm speaking to Beck Kelly, who is from the show Real People Talk Autism. And what what station is that on again? It's on Phoenix FM 106.7. It's a it's a little um, 
community radio station here in Bendigo, but you can listen to it live on the on the net and on the tuning app. You know the tuning app. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that's wonderful. Um. So, uh, how did you get the idea of doing this show? Look, um, I, I guess um, as a parent, I uh, was after my daughter's diagnosis. I went to a human rights meeting on education and children with autism and I was really um, stumped, I guess stumped and also um, amazed at the amount of parents who weren't aware of their child's rights. And um, I walked out of there thinking, oh, how do we get all the information out there? Not only that parents need to know, but professionals need to know as well. And so I had already been doing movie reviews once every month for Phoenix FM on a Wednesday program with the president of the um, of the station on his program and I went to him with this idea for an autism radio program there was nothing like it um, in Australia and I just thought oh, it's, it'll be sort of not so much a one of a kind sort of thing but I guess Talking from a parental perspective, lived experience perspective, um, you know, and and having the whole community involved, and we'll never, I guess, we'll never ever um, have topics would never run out. I guess we would always have something that we could talk about, and it just started from there, and it's it's been fantastic. I mean, we're two years down the track and still going strong, and um, you know, I guess it's. It, I, Uh, As I said, you never run out of topics to talk about. There is something that will always pop up. Mm. Um, So your show is obviously on a a regional um, community station. Um, Does does being from a a smaller community um, change the sort of uh, content in a sense? Like, um, what is it like, you know, being a parent of someone on the spectrum when you're not living in a big city? I guess... When when it comes to living in somewhere like Bendigo, this was, I guess, another inspiration for the radio program. Um, it was mainly because there are very limited services down here. I mean, look, and I guess too, I mean, I'm a mother to two children with autism, but a lot, I have a lot of friends on the spectrum and I see a huge, huge gap, I mean, in services for teenagers and adults on the spectrum. So what it was about is was about getting um, people from all different backgrounds and all different parts of not only Bendigo but all around Victoria and Australia and even overseas um, to actually come in and um, talk about different things that were available that maybe we weren't aware of. And then I guess um, using my standing as the host of this show in a regional area where um, I almost have become almost like the spokesperson for the autism community um, and the parent to go to when the papers need someone to talk to about something autism related. I guess using that too to my advantage to be able to get some of those people that I had on my program as guests to come to our region and do presentations and workshops um, and, and open up a new sort of um, area for not only um, mothers and fathers but also adults living with autism in the region. We do have, we do have a, a large um, population of, of adults living with autism in Bendigo, you know, there's a lot and um, there's a huge gap, huge gap for services. So, um, 
you know, I guess the show has has been able to open up a lot of doors for, for a lot of people. Um, you were kind of before just kind of talking about some issues, you know, with services and, and whatnot. Um, I was just wondering, what what, are some, what do you think are some of the most critical issues um, facing the autism community currently? Assessment and diagnosis. But for me, I guess my biggest fear as um, a parent and as, as I said, a, a friend and supporter to people living with autism is the whole eugenic side of things. I'm, I'm terrified of where research is. I, um, I go to university, I'm studying psychology and, you know, I'm, I'm hearing all these stories that are coming out. I went to the recent Victorian Autism Conference and... I'm, I'm scared of where research is going. I don't think they're putting their dollars wisely into um, research at the moment. I think they're focusing way too much on that early detection and the gene systems and things like that when they should be focusing more on things like sensory and um, anxiety and the co-occurring conditions that come along with a diagnosis sometimes. Um, they're, they're the things that worry me the most, I guess, when it comes to, to, to autism. And I do know that it's a worry for a lot of people up here. And I'm, I'm not sure what it's like in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's... I guess things can... And also language can be quite damaging too. The language that's being used by the press and media in relation to autism at the moment, it's... Um, I've, I've been a big advocate for the press here in Bendigo to stop printing um, stories about autism that are all doom and gloom because it's not all doom and gloom for a lot of people. Um, we need to be seeing some really positive things happening and we'll only see positive things happening if the press actually take it up and write the stories in their true accounts as opposed to, um, you know, wanting to grab that reader base because something bad's happened. And, and I, I'm, I'm sick of that too, I guess. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add or elaborate on? No, but do you know what? I think it's great that you guys have got this show. Honestly, I think it's amazing. I mean, look, I, um, I had a, a co-host who was on the spectrum who was just an absolute wonder to have on the program and my podcaster, Tony. Um, and I, I, I guess um, it would be really great to continue linking the two shows together. I just want to congratulate you guys on, on your show and obviously just... Um, the amazing things that you guys are doing there in Melbourne with Great Minds Don't Think Alike. So, yeah, you. <laughs> You're listening to Great Minds Don't Think Alike, and unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Um, please, please remember to like us on Facebook. Um, Facebook page is www.facebook.com slash greatmindsonsin. Um, and don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at uh, GM, GMDTASYN. Um, and we also podcast all of our shows and the, and the interviews, such as the full interview that you just heard, um, then from Big Kel- uh, Beck Kelly, um, on our SIN webpage, um, sin.org.au slash show slash GMDTA. Um, stay, remember to stay tuned into uh, SIN Nation for Unlabeled, but thank you very much for having us. Um, I'm Christian. I'm Julia. I'm Daniel. And I'm Marat. And, yeah, again, if there are any issues raised, um, please call Lifeline or call Kids Helpline. That is 13 11 14 <coughs> for Lifeline and one eight hundred five five one eight hundred 555 for Kids Helpline. Thank you for listening.